0: This week is my annual hunting Christmas variety show, so buckle in as we take a magical ride to my cabin in the mountains. I've got the fire stoked up and antlers hung above the chimney with care, hoping that St. Nicholas leaves a good tag up there. Today, I'm going to be sharing some Christmas-themed stories. We'll jump in the kitchen to prepare a holiday meal. I have some gifts to give away, and there's even a special musical guest stopping by. Today, I'm podcasting from Santa's Workshop. It belonged to my grandpa, who every year would fill it with toys so kids in the valley could come down and pick out a present, give Santa their Christmas list, and even get a picture with Rudy, his trusty rain mule, a wild burrow that was rounded up in Nevada that he trained to wear a mule deer antler halter and don a red painted nose while toting around Santa's bag of presents. So join me today as we have a little bit of fun and spread some Christmas cheer. We're going to start it off by first taking a trip down memory lane as I recap my 2022 hunting season in true Christmas verse. "'Twas the night before Christmas. Snow fell on the house. No elk were moving, bulls or cows. The fire was stoked the smell of smoke in the air, ready for venison cooked medium rare." My family nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of this season danced in my head. Mama shot a fallow buck with my daughter on my back, using my Sock OS20 that always drills tacks. So many great memories and new skills in the mix, this year I couldn't use my hand and knew something needed fixed. I thought my wrist surgery would recover in a flash, but two surgeries later, I couldn't draw my bow back. I had bow tags, there's no way I wouldn't go so I learned to shoot a mouth tab on my new Matthews bow. Some said you'll lose a tooth, don't you fear? But I had a hunt planned for Greenland reindeer. With the help of Nolan Young, I picked it up real quick. I knew this mouth tab was gonna be slick. More rapid than eagles the season came, and I hunted with a mouth tab, filling tags all the same. Now mule deer, now caribou, now elk and lope, on mouflon, on fallow, on wild pigs and goats to the top of the mountain blowing my call. Now tag away, tag away, tag away all. As true as a day six arrows fly, passing through the vitals and out the other side. So up to the mountain of Greenland I flew to hunt the boo, taking not one, but two. And then in the Rockies I heard a bugle and stalking and crawling got a shot on a good bull. As I drew my bow, the range was not around. So I guessed the yardage my arrows mark it found. I was dressed in all first light from head to foot and my clothes were all camo blending in really good. Now I admit I flung an arrow over a deer's back but I hiked on in my stone glacier pack. Then antlers I spotted, his velvet how hairy, bedded in the sage, I stalked in and sat staring. As soon as he stood, my mouth tab drew the bow, picking a spot I aimed before letting go. The mouth tab was held tight by my teeth and while biting down, I gave him a bleat. Yeah. The Evo broadhead hit the vitals, not belly. I watched him go down 30 yards in the valley. He was a big three by three. The hunt was a blast. I couldn't believe I got him in spite of my cast. So may dreams of next season fill your head. As long as you have a tag, there's nothing to dread. So plan your hunt well and put in the work. Helping you fill your tags is a Live Wild podcast perk. So scroll your focus just past the does. With the shake of his head, I hope the big buck rose. Standing 30 yards, broadside starting to feed. By listening to this podcast, you know everything you need. And may you hear me exclaim while adjusting your sight, happy hunting to all, and to this buck, good night.
1: A winter weather advisory is in effect with two feet of snowfall expected to accumulate. Three inches has already accumulated in the last hour.
0: Wow, it is really coming down out there. It looks like it's gonna be white Christmas here after all. I really don't know how anyone's gonna be able to get over this mountain pass today. And I think it's about dinner time. So why don't you guys join me? We're gonna make one of my favorite holiday meals in Elk Wellington. Now, if you're not familiar with a Wellington, what it is is essentially steak cooked in pastry. So you're taking two of the best things on the planet, bread and meat, and combining them together. It's really not as hard as a lot of people think, I mean, you can get this dish in pretty much most English pubs. If a bar can make it, you can make it. It can be a little tricky, I think, but once you kind of understand the basis to it, it's actually really easy and it's extremely delicious. So to make it easy, I always get the puff pastry in the frozen section of the store. And we're going to make this one tonight with an elk backstrap. So what I'm doing, I'm taking about eight inch long section of backstrap. I like to cut my back straps into quarters or thirds or halves depending on the animal you can do this with whatever steak you want though right you can do it with as long as it's a large piece of meat sometimes I'll do it with the top sirloin top round mule deer antelope whatever you got Uh, this is really good And, and if you all you you've already staked out your straps you can actually still do this in a way where you just wrap the cut steaks in and have individual little pieces of Wellington and they still turn out really good so when we're talking about making a Wellington there's three key pieces we've got the meat the Drexel which is like generally a layer of mushroom mixture and then the pastry so here's what you're gonna need so for the meat we're gonna use like I said elk here and then we're also gonna need some prosciutto you're gonna use this to kind of protect the juices of everything from leaking out into the pastry while it's cooking And then I get about two packets of that, which is about 12 pieces. I also like to use Dijon mustard, which I'm gonna coat the steak with and then salt and pepper to season the steak. Now we're gonna look at the Drexel and that's gonna be mushrooms about one and a half to two pounds if you're making a good size roast here. I really like fresh thyme. And then I always throw in a few cloves of garlic into the mix. When we make this Drexel, we're gonna be using a food processor, or I mean, I've used a magic bullet blender, whatever you got, right? And now we'll look at the puff pastry. So this puff pastry here I've let thaw out and you'll need a little bit of flour. You, you want it to be cold, not frozen and not thawed too much. So you can, if you thought, put it in the fridge because if it thaws out too much it actually just starts sticking to everything. We'll do a little bit of flour on the counter for when we roll it out. And then some just eggs whipped up uh, for an egg wash which we're gonna coat it with. And then you'll also need some plastic wrap that helps wrap all this stuff together so just some saran wrap type plastic wrap all right so I'm gonna grab a pan here and this first step is gonna be we're gonna season and brown the meat in a hot skillet or cast iron I generally use cast iron I like the way it cooks and holds its heat Um, so I just put some olive oil in the pan here, and then I get it hot, so where it almost starts, it's a, it's a little bit messy process if you're doing it inside, but you really wanna sear all the sides of your meat. So that means the top, the bottom, the left side, the right side, and then both ends. You wanna get a really good brown crust around this. You wanna just really brown the entire thing. Once we do that, now we can just we we've brown the meat, we can set it and let it rest in the fridge. And now we're gonna pull out that food processor and we're just gonna mix in our mushrooms, thyme and garlic. And if you, I've got a little small food processor and a few different batches, it's it's okay. It doesn't really matter if it's all together in one. So just start putting those mushrooms in, blending them up together. And what you're getting is you're gonna get kind of like this, uh, almost like a, not necessarily a paste. You just wanna start chopping it up really fine then we're going to add this into our pan and cook it down i know some people will add a little bit of butter and stuff what you want is you want your your druxel inside to be fairly dry Uh, so i actually don't put any butter in with it i just there's a little bit of oil left in the pan from cooking i'll actually wipe a little bit of the oil out from browning the process and then cook down my mushroom thyme and uh, garlic mix here now once that's done we can let it cool we're gonna we're gonna lay the plastic wrap out on your cutting board or whatever you got and we're going to start like lay it out where it would be able to cover the entire piece of meat and then we're going to lay out the prosciutto on top of that plastic wrap enough to also cover the meat so this is going to be our outer layer and that's what we're going to wrap around the meat so you just lay this thin layer of prosciutto kind of overlapping at the edges and then we're going to take that mushroom Drexel that we made and we're going to spread it over the top of the prosciutto here now I like to use a little bit of Dijon mustard so I'm going to coat the the steak I'm just you can during each process, you can keep the meat in the fridge. It doesn't really matter. It's, it's fine to just keep it so it's not out on the counter because there's a little bit of time in between each one of these. So now we're just gonna coat the meat with a little bit of Dijon mustard. And then we're gonna take the plastic wrap and we're gonna use that to wrap, you We're know, placing the meat in the middle of our prosciutto. And now we're just using a plastic wrap to tightly wrap the prosciutto and mushroom around our piece of meat. Now you can just take that, leave it in the plastic wrap and stick it in the fridge. At this point you're going to want to heat your oven to 425 degrees and we're going to roll out the puff pastry so just put a little bit of flour down roll it out if you got a rolling pin that works great i don't own a rolling pin i just use a yeti bottle that i've got laying around it seems to work fine i don't do a lot of baking this is the only thing that i need a rolling pin for and i make it enough i probably should get one but the yeti bottle works real well for how little i use it once it's rolled out you want it to be large enough where it's gonna wrap around the entire piece of meat. So we're gonna pull the meat out of the fridge, unwrap the plastic wrap, making sure that we keep everything together with the prosciutto wrapped around and set it right in the center of our pastry. Now we're gonna wrap it up in our pastry. Anywhere there's a seam, you can use a little bit of that egg wash to close it up. And then I just take a fork, run it around there and give it a little bit of texture to push the pastry together so it doesn't come undone. I like to keep the seam right at the bottom there. Now you can take your whatever leftovers when you cut the sides you can tuck them under just like you're wrapping a little present a little meat pastry present that is probably the best thing you'll get all Christmas now we'll take that egg wash what is just cracking a couple eggs in a bowl whipping it up real good uh, if you got like a barbecue basting brush just coat the top of the pastry with that what that does is it causes the pastry to brown up real well if you got any leftovers you can design whatever you want on the top sometimes I'll you could use a cookie cutter to cut something out. Sometimes I'll cut my own unique shapes. Uh, if it's an elk, I'll put maybe like a little elk antler on there, whatever you want. Take a fork, poke some holes in the top, and now stick it in the oven. One trick that I learned recently, in order to keep the bottom of the wellington from getting a little soggy, is what you're going to want to do is if you actually take that, maybe use that same cast iron pan that you cooked and browned everything in, and you just take out the extra oil, and then just heat it up a little bit. It doesn't need to be super hot, but if that pan's hot when you put it in, it'll actually kind of sear the bottom part of the pastry because if you just put it in cold, it starts to all get warm at the same time. So if you use a thick cast iron that's already warm or hot, it'll get hot faster and it'll sear the bottom and it'll kind of keep some of that juice and moisture from leaking out and getting the bottom of the Wellington real soggy. So I just learned that trick this year. And then uh, you're just going to cook it until... The outside's brown and the meat, if you've got a meat thermometer, is about 125. So on smaller pieces, it takes about 12 minutes. It can go pretty quick. On larger pieces, maybe 20, if you got like a giant moose tenderloin or something like that, it could be up to 30 minutes. Once it hits that, I just go off the temperature and the look. So once it starts to look good, then I uh, check the temperature. If for some reason the internal temperature is done and the outside is not browned how you'd like it, you can always just throw on the broiler for a little bit, but generally you don't need to do that. Then we're going to take it out, let it rest for about 10 minutes, slice it into thick slices, and serve. goes really good with gravy. If you've never had an elk wellington or a wellington of any kind, now's the time to try it. It is absolutely delicious and in my house, a holiday favorite.
2: Tim Montana. What's
0: up, man? Merry
2: Christmas. Holy holiday spirit. Is that Remy Warren? I had no idea you were here. What a coincidence. What are you doing? Well, gosh, I was just driving the tour bus through five feet of snow. It's 30 below zero, chasing down Santa Claus, the reindeer, see if I can't get a good shot on one because I took your training this year. Yes. And uh, here you are. Here we are. How about them deer steaks?
0: Yeah, man. I think we'll throw on some deer steaks for dinner. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, and then get you back on the road, get you to your family for Christmas. Keep spreading that holiday cheer. Yeah, we'll use this uh, antelope buck that I shot with you here. Did you already finish up most of your meat? Oh yeah, I ate that thing in about two days. Yeah, <laughs> that was such a fun hunt. First <laughs> mule deer, first pronghorn. Yeah, with an arrow. A lot of firsts that trip. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a really memorable time, man. Well, it's good to see you.
2: Likewise, likewise. Merry Christmas. What you got? What you got in the oven? What you got cooking? Um, I've got a little. Uh... Song. Let me see. I gotta pull up my lyrics here. It's gonna be rough because it's brand spanking new, but it's uh you know I just wrote this sitting up in the woods elk hunting in Colorado. And uh let me find my lyrics, bud. Sorry about this, sorry about that. All right. It's not released, maybe it'll be released, I don't know. But uh Ooh, if this you guys is like, like a, a, a Christmas first. This is a this is a gift. Yeah, this is a Christmas gift to all the hunters and anglers and outdoorsmen out there. I like it.
1: Hey, that concrete jungle, you've been all right to me But my boots are made for hiking, not for dirty city streets And I need a trail that's traveled, and to find out where it leads Time is like a river, and I won't watch you pass From a suburb of a city, just stuck behind the glass I was born to wander, and I wonder why I'm still here So rocky, rocky mountains, in the valleys down below The woods that I grew up in, in the January cold At western sunrise And the wheat fields painted gold Trout fishing in the summer Elk hunting in the snow Yeah, those mountains keep calling And it's time to go home Go on home Nature tends to nurture And I could use dough my church is in the wilderness where I talk to God the most. And lately he's been telling me, son, it's time to go. So go on, go. Whoa. So rock me, rocky mountains in the valleys down below. The woods that I grew up in in the January cold. How I miss Western sunrise and the wheat fields painted gold Trout fishing in the summer, hill cutting in the snow Yeah, those mountains keep calling And it's time to go home Go on home The valleys down below, the woods that I grew up in, in the January cold. I miss that western sunrise in the wheat fields painted gold. Trout fishing in the summer, elk hunting in the snow. Yeah, those mountains keep calling, and it's time to go home.
2: time to go home Woo Merry Christmas happy holidays That was God, incredible hunting okay Yeah
0: man that was awesome I think that's the new anthem for hunters right there That that song to me just seems like the theme song to my life right there I love yeah, that song man, that's you. awesome incredible Oh man well it's time for me to go home
2: yeah, dude, the mountains are calling, so yeah, we got to get, get up out there. there.
0: <laughs> oh, man, thanks so much for stopping by, Tim.
2: Yeah, you bet, man. Yeah. Thanks for having
0: me. Merry Christmas.
2: Merry Christmas, bud. Happy hunting.
0: Yeah, you too. I find this time of year to be a great time to get out in the field and do a little bit of hunting with family and friends as people come into town or you maybe have a little bit more time off around the holidays. The opportunity to get out and hunt with someone is really good this time of year. Of course, many of the big game seasons are closed. So I'm gonna go through my top five Christmas and New Year's December, January hunts that I think are very accessible and a lot of fun. So the first one is gonna be waterfowl. Duck hunting is one of my favorite hunts this time of year. I focus a lot on duck hunting, especially just as the the marsh starts to ice up. It concentrates those birds into smaller pockets where I'm at. It's a lot of work getting out there, breaking ice, but it can be a lot of fun. And it's a really fun hunt to spend time with people because you're within talking distance. You can joke around. You can bring some hot drinks and whatever. I'll bring my jet boil out there and cook up some ramen noodles or kind of backcountry meals. Sometimes we'll even bring a little barbecue. The way that I duck hunt is less boat and more dragging sleds through the mud. Actually, a buddy of mine, David Wise, and I did a little film of the, the style of duck hunting we grew up with. And For most people that have access to a lot of water, and big waterways and, and great duck hunting. When you grow up in the desert, there's a lot of space between water and a lot of hiking through real muddy conditions to get to it. But if you aren't a maybe you haven't dove into waterfowl hunting, decoying ducks, and other things. A really good way to get into duck hunting is jump shooting. And if you're a hardcore duck hunting, go, oh, jump shooting. I don't know. But but for most hunters, that's a really good way to enjoy getting out, finding some good success. It's fairly easy type of hunt to find some success and fairly controlled. It's also a really good hunt to take kids on because you get that stalking aspect. You can kind of control, if you, if you haven't done a lot of duck hunting, you can use your binoculars and see what kind of ducks they are so you can identify them before they're flying in or, or cruising by at a thousand miles per hour in the marsh. So that's something to think about, You know, get out go duck hunting. Um, you know, you've got to have your your federal duck stamps and obviously check the regulations where you're at. But that's something that if you've never done it, and you're looking for something to do this time of year, a lot of places have seasons that are open. And that's a really good one. Number two is predator hunting. Now, predator hunting is one of those things that you can pretty much do in every state you need very little licensing or whatever. Um, You know, obviously, with anything that I talk about, you need to know the laws, where you can go, uh, what land you can hunt on. Use an app like Go Hunt Maps. It tells you where the public and the private is, where you're allowed to go, what you're allowed to do. Read through all your state regulations for hunting. But for the most part, most states don't have like a lot of states. You don't even need a license to hunt certain predators like coyotes some hunt states you need a license but you just need the base license so for people that are coming into town like hey I want to go hunting but this is maybe something to look into uh, one of the fun things about predator hunting my one of my favorite things about predator hunting is calling it's a lot of fun to interact with animals especially calling for coyotes the best way to do that you know get into a good position where you're in an area where coyotes could be couple of the pieces of equipment you'll need is a predator call. Now you can go as simple as a mouth call. I prefer a rabbit and distress call and maybe even like a coyote yipping call to locate them. Now it's so cheap to get electronic calls that are pretty easy to use. That's a great way to do it as well. Set out an electronic call, get a good stand where the wind's in your face, get hidden and get set up and press play on the call and try to call in Coyotes. Uh, you can do multiple stands throughout the day. Find those places where coyotes tend to be. You know, you can if you're in the rural part of the country where maybe there's a lot of ag and other things. Uh, find places that maybe border that that you can hunt, where uh, they might be out in the fields, going after small animals like rodents. Outside of that, you know, finding good vistas over thick country where you can call the coyotes out of that. And then there's other predators as well to hunt this time of year. Some of them can be very difficult and very specialized like mountain lion hunting, right? But one way that is fun to do if you get fresh snow, try tracking a mountain lion yourself if you don't have dogs. It's not super successful, but it does work. Uh, I've walked up on many a mountain lion's. Most of the time, I'm not doing it hunting. I'm just see some tracks follow it and have actually walked up on a kill and then found the lion nearby. So something to think about, something to do to get you outdoors. And whether it's successful or not, it's just a lot of fun. Number three, I'm going to say javelina and pigs. There's a good opportunity for this in some of the states like Arizona has some javelina seasons this time of year. And in through January. Texas kind of has them all year round, as well as Texas also has pigs. California, if if you're on the West for pigs, and then pretty much the rest of the United States, aside from a few other states, have wild pigs. Most places there aren't seasons uh, for them. They're open past the other deer seasons and other things. And so that's a really fun hunt because of a lot of reasons. The first is the the take on the meat is absolutely incredible i love wild pork and i actually i don't know where people started saying javelina is bad i prefer javelina over wild pig i've never had a bad javelina we just treat them like everything else we skin them right away sometimes if i'm hiked in somewhere i'll actually just quarter them up skin them and quarter them right on the ground like i would anything else uh, almost like the gutless method but i've cooked javelinas whole i've cooked whole quarters of javelina. I've cooked javelina and wild pork side by side. And I think it's It's a really good mild white meat. The hunt for them is fun. And my favorite way to chase javelina is with a javelina in distress call. So it's uh, the one that I like personally is from, I get it from allpredatorcalls.com. It's like the J30, I think. I can't remember. Anyways, it's just a little javelina in distress call. You got to get into within under 100 yards of them, but even if you're walking and you spook them, you hit that call, you just, wah, 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 real frantic, and they come running right into your position. It's a really fun hunt with a bow. That's the other thing about wild pig hunting. If you're getting into something new, maybe you got a, uh, a new bow for Christmas, maybe you got a new rifle, whatever. It's a really fun hunt to take something new hunting on, to, to work out the kinks, to, to hunt some big game, and get some stocking or whatever in on a big game species that generally can be target rich depending on where you live Uh, if you've never been pig hunting i definitely suggest looking into it if you live in a place like montana wyoming nevada where there are no wild pigs it's actually one of the cheaper hunts to go do somewhere else um, even if you got to pay access or something like that so it's a really good hunt to do this time of year and a lot of fun number four i'm going to just say upland hunting Uh, this could be birds and rabbits uh, where I live, checker hunting is big, and I love checker hunting. It's a big mountain adventure when you're chasing what we call the devil's poultry up and down the mountains. In order to find checker where I live, it's more you just look for the cliff bands and the rocks. It's great to hunt with dogs, but you can also hunt a lot of upland birds without dogs. It's just, you know, plan your shots, and when you shoot, make sure you can find what you're shooting at. Checker is a little easier because it's not as brushy as maybe something like quail hunting. For those of you that are just kind of getting into it, you're like, I listen to this podcast because I'm very interested in hunting. Rabbit hunting is one of the best first hunts. Rabbit meat is extremely good. It's very lean. It's healthy for you. Wear gloves when you're processing them. If it looks like they've got some weird things growing in their meat, then they probably do uh, tularemia. But for the most part, you don't have to worry about that this time of year, right? It's cold. Uh, The tularemia is down. I always just wear gloves while processing rabbits and cook them just like I would anything else, chicken or whatever. The meat on rabbits is really good. And getting into rabbit country is pretty easy, especially if there's a little bit of snow. You can see rabbit tracks. It's like two little tracks and a... Two bigger tracks behind it and you just look up what rabbit tracks look like you'll see them everywhere if you're it just, it's just talking to the new guy if you're gonna get into something new this is a great one and if you're taking someone new out this is also a great one it's pretty easy to find success it's something they're they're delicious and it's a great hunt to, to go out to just have a good time and if, get out in the field this time of year now number five We got to go with big game. I'm a big game guy. I love big game hunting. And there's nothing better than getting out and getting the opportunity to chase a deer in what I would consider a late season. Now, there's a lot of places in the south and other places that have seasons for deer that go through December and January. Uh, Arizona's one of those. For the longest time, they had over-the-counter tags available to archery hunters. Those over-the-counter tags are now sold out. So the ability to just, uh, lots of in the last five years. So the ability to just go pick up that tag when you drive down there and go hunt coos deer or mule deer, you got to plan it out. But maybe something to think about for next year or if you already have a tag. One of the fun things about that hunt is a great spot in stock hunt. You can choose on that tag whether you hunt mule deer or mule deer. Or coos deer. Now, one thing I will note is there's quotas in all the areas now, so you got to check the quotas before you go into a new area. The quotas can be split up between any deer, mule deer, and whitetails, or coos deer could be split. Uh, so you just got to pay attention to the regulations. But one thing to think about if you're if you're doing that hunt is the coos deer. I generally find now this is just generally, but I generally find in the more mountain terrain and the further south you go, the desert mule deer are generally in the more flat country. So if I wanna look for mule deer, I actually get a vantage where I'm looking down into the flats and if I wanna hunt the coos deer, I'm looking up into the mountains. Now, if I want that fringe country where there's both, some of my favorite type of country to hunt is that broken foothill country where there's draws, washes and, and maybe even some water tanks around those water tanks, kind of using that as my starting point and then hunting those draws and canyons from there. Those are really good to kind of combo in mule deer and coos deer. Another really good thing you can combo with a late season deer hunt down south is the fact that there's probably some good quail hunting around. So bring your shotgun, you can mix in a little bit of small game and maybe even throw a javelina tag into the mix. There's a lot of other places where this type of hunt is possible throughout the South. I mean, places in Texas, Georgia, you know, for white tails and other things. So there are some deer seasons around If you look around it might be a fun trip to go on with someone and plan a uh, late season hunt if you get a little bit of time off this year and spend some time with some family in the mountains chasing some kind of game animal merry christmas everyone i hope you guys enjoyed this special edition of the live wild podcast now this year i did a 12 days of christmas giveaway there's been some incredible prizes. I've been having a lot of fun with this. It's just one of the things that I love to do. I love the spirit of Christmas and the spirit of giving. And so I really like to be able to give back to you guys. And this is the way that I try to gather these things throughout the year and do a few of these different giveaways. One of the giveaways that I do all the time is through my email list. I just like being able to, what I like, what, air quotes, swag toss people. Um, but today we've got, so for our Live Wild giveaway, I wanted to make it where it kind of incentivizes the the people that listen to this podcast as well. So today's prize is a Live Wild knife from Gerber. It's a custom knife, as well as my forthcoming Live Wild seasoning spice pack. I've been working for a very long time on this. It's supposed to be done last Christmas and then it's supposed to be done before this Christmas. And now it's gonna be done here shortly. But we're we're gonna be ready to ship here pretty soon. So you'll get one of the first packs of that. Thank you guys for those of you that have pre-ordered that. But I want to talk about this giveaway because what we're doing is, if you haven't heard about it, each day has a new prize. And then uh, after Christmas Day, I'm going to be randomly picking a day. So I'm just going to go into the random number generator, pick a day from 1 through 11. Then I'm going back to that day, and then whoever accomplished whatever the task. I made it – I tried to make like a scavenger hunt of sorts. I, I love scavenger hunts. And I like having some form of like – persistence and something involved where the more you, if you just do the few things that you need to do, you've got better odds than everybody else, if that makes sense. So what you can do is we're gonna then randomly pick one of those days and then the person from that day wins all the prizes. So today's prize is the Gerber knife. And what I'm gonna do is there's gonna be a reel posted on my Instagram. It's gonna, you'll know it's got like, it's a seasoning reel. It'll be the one posted today. I'll say that this is the post, but you won't know what to post, right? This is the scavenger hunt portion. So those that listen to the end of the podcast will know if you've listened to this podcast before, you know, I'm a big fan of adding in some kind of secret thing that not everybody just can go to the post and see like, what do I need to comment? Right? So here's what it's going to be this year. Like years in the past, it can be any kind of drink mug thing like that emoji, It can be anything that says cheers like that, or it can be anything that mentions live wild and will even throw in a fist bump emoji. So some people are accidentally going to put the fist bump emoji, right? But if enough people mix it up, then the people that just scroll on there and drop a comment aren't going to know what to comment. So the people that listen to this podcast will get the upper hand. And maybe this day will be the random day that gets drawn and your odds of taking home the entire kitten caboodle will be greater. So for those of you that are playing the game, best of luck. Merry Christmas. Tomorrow is going to be, we're giving away a a 100-liter tan panga as well as a Yeti Yonder bottle. And that's going to just be by dropping a comment on my bow hunting caribou video with a mouth tab on my YouTube channel. Everybody needs to watch out for scams. I I hate to have to say that, but I'm not going to have you text a number on some weird WhatsApp or anything like that. I'm just going to all drop a comment from my official thing. Like just because the picture is the same doesn't mean that it's coming from me. So you link that message back to my official account. If it doesn't, it's a scam. Okay. And then all my correspondence will be through Instagram, direct message. So you can go on there. Then you can message me if I told you you won. And you can check the winners both on my website and every day in the morning on my Instagram story. So you can check on there. And there's a highlight on there that I announced the winner. So if it's not you, it's a scam. Don't send anybody money, okay? <laughs> it's Christmas time, but the scammers don't need it, right? You can donate it. Speaking of donate, uh, I'm going to put up a fundraiser on my Instagram page. There's so many of us, if you guys wanna contribute and help, uh, just a dollar goes a long ways. And there's enough of us that I think we can make an impact on some charity. So I'm gonna pick a charity and we'll put that up as well. Now on Friday, the late season kit from First Light is gonna be available. And then of course, after that is the grand prize. And then if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you're subscribed because we've been picking some winners, but that's one of the requirements. You can go to my website, remywarren.com, if you want to find out more about that. Best of luck to everyone. Merry Christmas. Also, I know it's, uh, it's a little late for gift giving, right? But if it's after Christmas, maybe grandma sent you a, a, a $20 check and you want to buy something nice for yourself, right? I Over on the Go Hunt store, if you ever put live wild, in the code at checkout, whatever the gear is, as long as it's not already on sale or something like that, or severely discounted, you get 10% off all the gear. I don't know anywhere else that you can get some of the top gear with a discount. So you the best pricing is always going to be there if you use the code LiveWild. You can get everything from Vortex binoculars, broadheads, bow sites, like they're just there boot, there's everything there. Uh, sleeping bags stone glacier stuff so that's the only way that i can think of that you can get a discount on a lot of the stuff that i use so you guys can go over there and check that out as always merry christmas happy holidays and happy hunting